Our first reading this morning is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 1 to 13. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the fulfilment of the ages has come. So, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you, except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out, so that you can stand up under it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 13, starting at the first verse. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Salome fell on them? Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave us alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us. We thank you for uh, the words of Scripture. Thank you for the words of Jesus. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and speak to our hearts now and transform us more into his likeness. Amen. Do sit down. You and I have no idea when we're going to die. We all know that we will someday, but we assume it won't be today, probably not this week, hopefully not this year. In fact, we usually assume that our our death is distant in the future and that we'll see it approaching and we'll have time to prepare for it. But in our Bible reading from Luke's Gospel, we heard two specific instances where death came suddenly and unexpectedly in the middle of normal life. It came to people in places where it was perfectly reasonable to assume they were fairly safe. So, in verse 1 of Luke chapter 13, death comes suddenly to these Galileans in the temple while they're offering sacrifices. It should have been a sanctuary of safety. Then in verse 4, death comes unexpectedly to people who just happen to be standing near a tower when it falls down. One incident was an act of brutal murder and the other apparently just a random accident. But the result for those involved was the same. I doubt that any one of these people who died woke up that morning thinking, this is my last day. And it seems like these events were big news. Everyone seems to know about it. And you can just imagine the shock that these things would have caused. And think of the the sudden death of Princess Diana and the shock it caused in this country, around the world. It was all that people could talk about for days. But when people bring this news to Jesus of Pilate's violent slaughter in the temple, his reaction is completely different to what we might expect. He's not shocked at all. In fact, he doesn't seem interested in discussing the particulars of this event. It it seems like he could almost comes across as harsh or uncaring. And then when, in verse 4, he adds his own example of suffering and death and turns both into a, a teaching point, you just, you wonder, why is he reacting in this way? In fact, in verse 3, he says, unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or as the King James Version more literally puts it, you will all likewise perish. And he repeats the same thing in verse 5. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. But what what does he mean by likewise? 
does he mean in, in the same way? Well, clearly he's not talking about how these people died because there are two different examples, two different deaths, one an accident, one intentional. And he's not talking about the mere fact of death because everyone, even those who repent, die. He's talking about God's judgment that will come after death. Where anyone who has not obeyed this call to repent will perish. And he goes on to illustrate this in the parable in verses 6 to 9. The fig tree in the parable is a picture of an individual who's a member of God's people. Uh, The vineyard in scripture is often used as a symbol of God's people, Israel. And this tree is clearly giving the appearance of life and vitality because the owner patiently comes year after year expecting to find fruit. But after three years of looking and not finding any fruit, He's coming to the end of his patience. And he wants the tree to be cut down because it's ended up being a burden to the ground. It has ended up wasting the space and the resources that it has been given. But in verses 8 and 9, the gardener says, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. So actually, the the surprise of the parable is is not that the owner wants to cut a fruitless tree down, but that actually, after three years of waiting, he's willing to give it a little more time. And, And the parable is a picture of Jesus' life and ministry. Three years he spent proclaiming this message of repentance to God's people. And still God gave them more time. But then in AD 70, Jerusalem was destroyed. More people were slaughtered in the temple. More buildings were razed to the ground. Their chance to repent had passed. So in fact, Jesus' words are not harsh or uncaring because he knows that one day judgment will come and that explains his reaction to this news when he hears it in fact he is doing the most caring thing possible in saying to these people repent otherwise you will perish he's saying that what's happened to these people these people that Pilate has slaughtered in the temple Actually, that's not unusual. They're no worse than any of the others around him. They're no worse sinners than those who've brought the news. Every one of these people is a sinner. And the wages of sin, Scripture tells us, is death. Hebrews 9.27 says, People are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. The shocking news is not that people have died, or even how they have died. The real surprise is that people are being given a chance to repent. People don't have to perish 
because Jesus is offering them eternal life. In saying, unless you repent, you will all perish, Jesus is at that moment holding out life to them. Because like these people in verse 1, the people in verse 4, they can never know when their last chance to repent has passed. And Jesus is holding out that life and safety to us today. 2,000 years have passed since this story, and yet he is still patiently calling us to repentance. Because the parable he told is also a picture of God's patience toward us. We read the same thing in Peter's second letter, in chapter 3, where we are told that God is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but everyone should come to repentance. We have the same opportunity as this fig tree, the same opportunity as these people. Repent before it is too late or you'll perish. And Jesus paid a high price to buy this repentance for us. These Galileans in the temple were not the only ones whose blood Pilate shed. Jesus has made repentance possible for us through his death. He has opened up life and safety to us and still holds them out now. The fact that you and I are alive at this moment shows that God is still patient toward us, giving us another chance to repent. Repent, says Jesus. Come to safety before it is too late. We don't know when our last chance has passed. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. But one day, the owner of the vineyard will come for the last time to see a you bearing fruit. God's patience is astonishing, but it is not unlimited. So let us grasp this opportunity now Before it is too late, let us repent, come to Jesus, and take hold of the life and the safety that he offers us. Amen.